Amen. Well, good morning. Wow, thank you, worship team. Wow, that was good. Thank you, Pastor Daniel. Come on. Give me a little more. <laughs> the team, yeah. You know, we've, we've got uh, some exciting things, you know, that are, that are happening with, with uh, some of the moves and transitions. We had, uh, of course, Amber and Brandon. You know, they're in Abilene, and so they've moved over, and they're there. And so, uh, you know, that left a pretty good vacuum over here. Now, now Brandon's still working, you know, for, for both, and, and Amber's helping some, but, man, she's really, she's a campus pastor over there, so she's focused on that. We're going to be having an actual setting in um, very quickly, but, but Pastor uh, Daniel had to really step up. Amber carried a load, dude. <laughs> she's, she's a rock star. And so, uh, but uh, with everything that's going on, and I, there's Mauricio. Mauricio, stand up. Just let everybody look at this good-looking young man. And, and uh, he's, he's now stepped up. I know it's a volunteer position, but he is now our youth pastor at the Life Church San Angelo. And so he's rocking it, youth-loving. And uh, so that was just a natural for that to, that to happen, thank you for allowing him, <laughs> his, his new bride, and, and just uh, all, that, all that's happening here. It's exciting, amen? Um, so Thursday night, quick update real quick. Um, Thursday night, you know, we, we had in June, we did a block party and an outreach there in Abilene. And, and, and I know that we've got some of our Abilene folks, they've already plugged in. They said the Life Church is their church home, so they're watching live stream. We send our love and appreciation. We are going to be there soon. They're wanting us to go ahead and launch. And our launch date is September 17th for Sunday morning services. And we've got a building over there. And uh, so we're preparing that. We want AC, right? You know, because these, these block parties have been in triple-digit temperatures. But get this. The first one, now we hadn't advertised. It was just Facebook, you know, and just word of mouth, you know. And, and uh, we had over 200 from Abilene that were there the first one in June. And come on, that ain't bad. Amen. And then this last Thursday, we broke over 400. Woo, man. And, uh, and we've got folks, like I said, that are already just on board, plugged in, coming to be a part and uh, it's so exciting with what God's doing. And I want to talk to you some more about that because sometimes you, you just got to realize it's about obedience to God. And I've done things where I've obeyed God and I, I had no clue what he was doing. I was just obeying. That's it. I've had times when I have obeyed God and it was not easy. It was, it, it, it was difficult. It was a challenge. It was, but I was obeying God to do what he asked me to do. And then there's times when you obey God, and I mean, it's like you step into the glory, you step into blessing, you step into all the abundance of God, and that's where I feel that we're at in Abilene. Now, are we going to deal with some other things? Yes, but man, right now, there, it's, when, we pl when we said we, we felt like we were supposed to be in the heart of Abilene, um, man, it, we are in the heart of Abilene. And so it's exciting. Now, for San Angelo, you, you, are, you are such a vital part of that. We had so many volunteers that were there that uh, helped that, especially in that, that first um, 
uh, outreach there in June. And I was, I was amazed at, I started looking at these different people that were serving, passing out t-shirts and different things. And I'm like, I don't know them. I don't know them. I don't, <laughs> they were already from Abilene, already stepped up. So come on, San Angelo. That's a good thing. You know, we can get them started but, and support them to, to get, get them going. But, man, very quickly we're seeing Abilene just, uh, just really becoming that church. And so that's exciting with what God's doing. Let's open in prayer. I just want to pray over this. And, uh, Father, we just thank you. We go before, come before you this morning. And, and, Lord, I'm just praying for our hearts to be open to receive everything that you have for us today. God, that I would be able to speak as an oracle of God with prophetic utterance and, and your heart of compassion and love. And, and, Father, I pray that each one of us just, just receive the measure and the portion that you have for us. Let it be something that, that is so transformative, God, that we receive today that when we, when we leave this place or when, when we get done watching even online, Father, that, that, that we know that you have deposited something in us that our lives will not be the same. It may be a small seed. It may be a trajectory change. But God, ultimately, God, our lives are going to be blessed because we were here today. Uh, with you and with the Word of God. And, Father, we thank you for that. We continue to just lift up here in West Texas. We're just praying for rain, Lord. Father, we, we pray for a reprieve in these of temperatures, and we know that it's that, that season and that time, but it's been extra hot. Father, we ask that you just bring about blessing upon our land. Father, let us not be entering into drought seasons, Father, but, Lord, let the abundance come. Let the rains come. And, Lord, we just declare that we are in a blessed land in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen and amen. I wanted to shout, Pula! Some of you have been around me long enough, you know what that is. And uh, in Botswana, those of you that have heard Jerry and Jana Lackey, you know, that, that are here, love Botswana. Some of you have gone over to the mission field there in uh, Africa, and, and uh, their word for the for for the word it, it's it's the what they call their money is pula blessing is pula but rain is pula isn't it good same word blessing money rain those are good things <laughs> amen so this morning I, I got a word stirring and um and, and it's been there for, for a bit, you know, and I, I, I preached in Arlington, you know, recently, and, and um, um, really, it, it was that message about freedom, and, um, and we are, we're a blessed, blessed people. I, I mean, we, we, uh, we, we travel, you know, around the, the you know, the, the globe and around the world in different places. Oh, by the way, so is the Brazilian family here this morning? I was wanting to catch you if you are. Please come see my wife if she has something for you. Our, we got our, our team just came back from Brazil, and uh, maybe they're watching online. We got some goodie for the kiddos. So anyway, we, uh, we want to just do something special for them. And, uh, and, you know, you get outside the U.S., it's amazing the appreciation when you come back. And I uh, thank God for that. But, you know, freedom is a powerful thing. And, uh, and so as we, as we go into that, uh, because, because we, our lives, we really are free in Christ. Amen? Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. 
But, you know, freedom, just because you have freedom doesn't mean that you act stupid. Oh, come on. (laughs) Just because you're free, you know, you, you, you can't violate, you can't do certain things because there's consequences in that. Oh, you might be free to do it. You know, we live in a free society, right? And you get you can get in that car and you can be free to maybe drink too much and get in your car and start it and drive off. That's freedom, right? But you wrap it around a pole or do or worse, that's the consequence of abuse of your freedom. And so, so you know, because I, I, there, there seems to be this tension right now, you know, of, of uh, you know, this deconstructionism, you know, to the, to the Word of God. And, uh, um, and, I, and I, just, I just push back on it. I'm, I'm, I just, uh, there, there's some things that we better wake up and we better understand that, um, that we better hold to the Word. Our lives better be anchored in foundation in the Word of God. Um, you know, Jesus taught that. Jesus taught the foundation is hearing the Word and doing the Word. That's the way Jesus put it out there. If you want your house to stand when the storms of life come, you better have a foundation built upon the Word of God. What has God said? What does God say about that situation? And how do we determine that? Well, I've, I've preached this message, um, this teaching in the past, and, and it, I could, really it's a series, and I'm not going to be able to get to it all. And, and I, I'm actually shifting this, guys, so y'all just going to have to hang on for the ride. Uh, I'm, going, I'm jumping the rail this morning. So we're just going to go with what I, you know, we, we've got an outline, and, and Worst case scenario, I'll come back. But, but I've got a scripture that I feel like has stirred more. And, and in this, uh, because sometimes we don't always know or understand kind of the whole counsel of God. And, and so I want to I start here in Genesis 26, and we're going to read this passage, Genesis 26. And I was reading this, and it just reminded me of there, there, there's a thread sometimes through the Scripture that you find. And, um, and, and, I, and I re- let me say this. I really appreciate version with the daily Scripture and, and what they've been doing. Uh, they've been doing a series about the Word of God. And, and, and I, I appreciate that, just validating, just, again, establishing that very strongly. So if you do your version Bible devotions on a daily basis with, with, and track any of that, you've been in that. Um, but here in Genesis 26, what we find is where now you have Isaac... So you had Abraham, and Abraham, you know, had a covenant established with God. And, and Abraham, we understand, was blessed. I mean, greatly blessed. And now he is, he, he's had the son of promise. He's, he's got Isaac, and now Isaac is, is moving through a, a time. And here in 26, you, you find that he's there in the land of the Philistines, and it's a, there's a famine in the land. And so he, he moves up into that, and so he's there, and, and it, it begins to go through the blessings. If you read the whole, whole passage here, 
in the beginning of this, but I want to start in, in verse 4 because I want to talk to you about the pathway of blessing. How do we find ourselves to where the blessings really do? Here, here's what Deuteronomy says, that if, if, you, if you serve the God, if you listen and you obey and you do what is right before him, it says the blessings of God will come upon you. They'll chase you down and overtake you. I mean, can you imagine? Come on, picture it. Ah! And the blessings are coming. <laughs> They're going to chase you down. Come on, living righteous is a good thing. And here in verse 4, let's, let's read this. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. That's what he told Abraham, right? Right? And I will give to your descendants all these lands... And in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Come on, we're, we're and, and if you are in Christ, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Come on, and so we're blessed to be a, come on, let's say that louder. We're blessed to be a, we are blessed to be a blessing. All the nations shall be blessed because Abraham obeyed my voice. So look what he's doing. He's having conversation with Isaac. And he's saying, because of what your daddy did, this is coming down. There's, there's legacy here. He is speaking about being able to step into something that is beyond yourself, to maybe cut off generational curses, break some of those things that, that uh, were, were messed up in your past and maybe your family's history, and to be able to move into a new legacy, to be able to move into something to where you're passing the, the righteousness of God and the blessings of God into your lineage. He said, here, because Abraham obeyed my voice, look at this, kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Because Abraham did what? He obeyed my voice. We get that, right? He kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Can you distinctively give me uh, what those are and the meaning of those different words that are given. Does anybody know what these are? And that's what I found through the years. Nehemiah talks about it. Nehemiah chapter 9, it says, You came down on Mount Sinai and spoke with them from heaven and gave them just ordinances, true laws, good statutes, and commandments. You made known to them your holy Sabbath and commanded them precepts, statutes, and laws by the hand of Moses, your servant. And what I found is that so many times we're lacking in the understanding of these and if we, and we do a lot of this just kind of naturally. And there's some more. There, there's others. And some of these words get interchanged. Sometimes a regulation is, is, is implemented in, in some of it. And, um, and we, we, so we get some idea of some of the meanings. But I've, I've tried to go into the Hebrew to really look at this. What does this really mean? What is this doing? And I want to go back to this passage about Isaac where God is talking to Isaac. 
God is, is, is right there. He's, he's exhorting Isaac that, listen, guy, what Abraham started, you're going to continue. And, and we're going we're gonna to see this thing continue to play out if you'll, if you'll do like your daddy did, if you'll listen to my voice, if you'll obey me. But in this passage, he said, if you'll obey my voice. So it's so vitally important that you hear the voice of God. And see, some would, on, on the other extreme, you know, I've run into, you know, kind of a, we, we showed up in, in Abilene and, and I ran into a few other religious devils. <laughs> I'm just going to call them what they are. You know, last month, you know, this guy shows up and he wants, he wants to argue, you know, about, you know, the Holy Spirit. There is no Holy Spirit. You know, we don't have any of those, those, those gifts in operation and, and there is no miracles and there's no healings and there's no, you know, we just have the Word. And I'm like, dude, you showed up too late. I am a miracle. The Holy Spirit showed up and transformed me, translated me from darkness to light, has brought all kinds of change. We have watched the miracle power of God manifest. Well, he showed back up. Now, he made sure he came through the line first and ate our hamburger and our hot dogs. <laughs> then he showed back up. He wants to argue again. And he's like, because I challenged him, I was like, I was like, you better go, you better go study your Bible a little bit and, and, and come back and talk to me about there is no Holy Spirit. There is no gifts of the Spirit. There is no because he still talks. He was speaking in that time, and Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when he ascended on high, he released gifts unto men. We see the Ephesians 4. The, 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 uh, the Doma gifts, the gifts of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. And then we see the gifts that are talked about in Romans chapter 12, where the motivational gifts that we see, where, where those are active and involved. But you get into Corinthians, and Paul goes into great distinction and definition of the different gifts of the Holy Spirit that are in operation. And you can't find where they stopped. It's still going today. And you gotta, you got to be in some religious circle and be blinded by that religious spirit and have your head in the sand to not see that. I mean, it's crazy. So I asked this guy, I said, because uh, he wanted to start in, I said, you know what, I'm not going to argue with you. I said, I said, theologically, we can disagree. I said, hopefully we don't disagree on this, where we're caring and ministering to people, feeding people here. And he said, oh, no. He said, you non-denominational people said, you're, you're, you're the weakest Christians out there. There was something rise up in me. Thank God. I checked it. Probably a good thing Steve Mejia wasn't standing beside me. <laughs> Steve may have reached over and said, hey, <laughs> we're going to check that. <laughs> And, uh, and he went on. He's, he's like, you're worthless. I mean, he said that. I was like, dude, you got to be kidding me. There is something that we have to understand that God still wants to speak to us. 
Now, does he take the word of God and bring that alive? Yes. Does he make that real to us? Yes. But he's going to speak to our hearts. He wants to make it alive. See, we don't serve a dead God. We don't serve religion. God, Jesus didn't come to die for religion, to form a new religion. No. He came so that, and I love the way Paul writes this. He says, he says that you turned away from idols to serve the living and true God. Well, this living and true God wants to speak to us. He has a voice that he still wants to communicate with us. This is the way. Walk in it. And if we can understand this, we can step into and on this pathway of blessing and experience the fullness of everything God has for our lives. Everything. So he said, Abraham obeyed my voice. It's still the same. He said, he kept, this is almost a double here, but they're two separate Hebrew words. He kept, you know, and, 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 and this, this is the guard to take charge over, to, to watch it. To guard, to have some fight in you. Now again, not in the wrong way. You know what I found sometimes those religious spirits? You know those people that knock on your door? They, they thrive on that. Sometimes just loving on them. Say, man, thank you for what you're doing. I know that you're so sincere and you're out here knocking doors and you're, you've got a real passion. And, but man, I tell you, my Jesus is incredible. Come on, just, just shift it. Take, take guard over it. you got to keep. you got to endeavor to watch over See, Adam and Eve were placed in the garden, it says, to tend, to take care of it, and to keep it, to protect it, to protect it. This morning early, I'd, I'd gone down to the creek area down there, and it's really low right now, believing God for some rain, and, and I'm down there, and, and uh, for the most part, we hadn't seen any snakes or anything. And I looked down there, there's a nasty old water moccasin that's, that's swimming over there. I'm like, you get out of here. I picked up a rock. I, that's all I had. I had a cat that was standing there. I could have threw the cat, but, you know, the cat wouldn't have done well in water. But <laughs> and I chucked a rock at it. Like, I'm going to protect this. This is mine, right? Come on, we've got to protect what is God's. Because look at what he said. He said, he took charge over what? Over my charge. Wait a minute, what does that mean then? He told us to keep, to guard, to protect what is his that he's protecting. See, it's almost like a double Sometimes when you, when you catch this, you got to really pay attention to that. That's why sometimes in Scripture you'll see that word, selah. <laughs> Slow down, listen to it. Sometimes you'll find Jesus in his teaching, it's almost redundant the way he'll say things because he's trying to drive that home. And in this place, in this passage, I believe that, that there's, there's, listen, this is God-ordained, God-breathed word. And here... He's saying, you need to guard what I'm guarding. You need to guard what I am watching over. 
If God thinks it's worth watching over, why wouldn't we? And then he says, my commandments, my statutes, my laws. And when you go on into uh, this other passage in Nehemiah, and it's in, in, in Psalms as well, and, and you'll, you'll see that you know, precepts and regulations and judgment and good judgment, and all, all these are different Hebrew words. They're different Hebrew words that mean different. Now, years ago, when I, when I first read over this, I'm like, okay, and I started digging in and studying and, and going a deep dive on these word studies and all, and I'm, I'm just a simple dude. Come on. Born here, I mean, my mama, you know, and dad, you know, they were in Sterling City, had to drive to San Angelo. I was born at Shannon Hospital. Come on. West Texas, grew up on Lakeview, parked the car in the yard, you know, I mean, we're... <laughs> come on we had all kinds of animals out back and in the house I mean come on my sister's here this morning we, we brought home all kinds of stuff <laughs> my mama I'm telling you had lots of grace there <laughs> there were a few things that she was like uh-uh that's outside <laughs> But I'm just a simple guy. And so I went before the Lord. And I said, God, I said, I need some help. I need you to help me understand this. Because this is, this is deep, you know, and this, all these different, you know, words and all this stuff. I was like, help me. He said, he said, you know, I've been driving since I was way young. I've been driving stuff. You know, we grew up in, you know, construction company, lots of heavy equipment and out on the ranches and stuff. And I, w I was driving, you know, back then we didn't have rangers and, you know, uh, all, the, all the buggies and four-wheelers and stuff. But, but man, as soon as I was tall enough that I could get the clutch in on the Jeep, man, look over the steering wheel, I was driving it. I drove all kinds of stuff. Had my CDL, that's, that's what you got to have to drive the big stuff. When I was 17, as soon as I turned 17, bam, I, I got my CDL. And I looked young. I mean, you look at those pictures, I'm like, dear Lord. I look like a baby, you know? <laughs> and I, so, so I've been driving a long time. And so, so I just felt like the Lord just took me back into that. And he said, he said, what did that look like for you to drive? And I was like, okay. I was like, well, here's the handbook. Come on, how many know that if you're gonna if you're gonna drive, you gotta pass the test, right? So you have the written laws. And you gotta know that stuff, right? If you don't pass that test, the written test, you're not getting a license. I mean, it's, I mean, come on, I mean it, it's it's amazing that they still make you take a test to drive, right? I mean, I could drive. I'm like, what's this? You know, I mean, I could drive. Still had to take a test over what's in the book. We need to take a test, what's in the book? What does it say? Because there are things, and see, we have, we have kind of believed this thing that, well, we're not under the law. 
Well, no, we're not under the law. But the law gives us divine instruction, and you need to look at it and, and follow it over into the New Testament because there are some things that are absolutes. These are the absolutes of God. These are the things that, that, that we, we need to make sure that we hold to. And so when, when, when it, that last word there, my laws, that is, that is the, the Hebrew word Torah. That's the word of God. And even though at this point in time, there wasn't written, but it's still already being talked about. It's being established that you need to be in the Word. You need to know what the Word says. I, you know, I've, I've, I've had people that have just showed up. and they, Bless them, Jesus. I had a coach one time. He took the, he took the bus test seven times and failed it. Dude had a master's degree from a university. I'm like, how the heck did you do that? Well, on a basketball scholarship. Anyway, <laughs> I guess he couldn't spell basketball, but he could play it. So he got a degree. <laughs> couldn't pass the bus test. Needless to say, he didn't work for me anymore. But what does it say? If you're going to pass the test, you've got to know what it says. See, the enemy always still wants to do the same thing. He didn't have any new schemes. Same old thing. Just what he did in the garden with Adam and Eve. He's still pulling off. Has God really said? And if you don't know what the Bible says, what the Word of God says, he's able to deceive you. He's able to get you off. He's able to, to somehow mislead you, take you down a path. You need to know the word. Mm. I think I heard an amen from out there. You need to know the word. You need to guard it. Watch over it. And so you go, you take your test. You know what it says, right? But guess what? Now you got to get in the car Hopefully, you know how to start it. You got to start it, and you're going out on the streets. Some of us have been there and done that, right? Come on, how many of you have done that with your, your kids? That's, it's like, ah, they have their driver's permit. <laughs> I'm always seeing that with parents, and they're going, pray for us. <laughs> on Facebook, you know, and, and the kids are now driving. And so they've, they've, they've learned what was in the book. They've taken the test. They've, they've, they've now been issued the license. And so now there's these other aspects of what st starts coming into place. You know, that word statute there, what it, what it means is, is now we need to understand the boundaries. You know, God's into boundaries. He establishes boundaries for our lives. King David said that his lines, his boundary lines, have, have been laid out for blessing my life. They have been pleasant to me, good to me. When you live your life with boundaries, there's just things that happen. I thank God that, that, that I've just, I, there's, you know, by his grace and his mercy, Pastor Walt, has not screwed up. 
Come on, there's a lot of pastors, a lot of preachers out there, man, they mess up, right? And it's not because I'm all that. Come on, I'm human, I'm a dude, right? Temptations come. But early on, I had a real good pastor in my life that said, listen to me, young man. (laughs) I was a youth pastor. (laughs) He's like, every good rancher knows that you don't put the fence line on the edge of the cliff. You move that boundary back. So if you ever fall over the boundary, you don't go off the cliff. So early on, I just started, he, he talked to me about boundaries. And I've lived my life that way, and I've, and I've had standards. You know, even, even with our school and different things, I, you know, Ron's retiring, but, you know, he'll, he'll vouch for it. Early on, I mean, we just, it's like, okay, here's how I've got to live my life. I know that this is school business, it's not church business, but this is my business. And I'm just not going to do certain things. So... You're not going to find Pastor Walt in a car alone with another woman unless it's my wife, my mama, or some of my kinfolk, my daughters. This ain't happening. I'm not going alone to lunch with another female. And we've had to go on trips and, you know, carpool and stuff, and that's fine. But there's times when it's just two of us, and it's like, sorry, two cars. Always keeping up with where I'm at. I've got boundaries. I have sharing. Sometimes it's irritating. My kids know exactly where I'm at. If I'm going to go shop somewhere that I don't want Joanne to know where I'm shopping, she still knows. She texts me, what are you doing over there? I got boundaries. I've warned some ladies in the past. I'm like, if you don't want me talking to my wife about this, I said, I will anyway, but you better cut that off. There's boundaries. You've got to have boundaries in your life. Think about those stripes on that highway and on that street. There's boundaries. Why? Because if you were like in India and you're just traveling, you know, with like, But even with that, as crazy as that is, it's still all on this side that they're doing this. On this side of the highway, they're doing this, going the other way. They know. Don't cross over there. You'll have a head on. And the crazy thing is, those cars can be doing this, and they don't wreck. I don't know how they do that. Somehow, they've got boundaries, just different. You know, boundaries can look different. But you need boundaries. And then there's, there's these other aspects to it of, you know, where, okay, if you got a command, think about this. How many, how many have been to the rodeo? And, and, and know about you, but I get real frustrated at this. You, you have a, you have, you, the rodeo releases, you, you go out to your car, and some of us are beelining out there faster to beat everybody else. But some of us are stuck in traffic, getting out of the Coliseum, right? And you get to your car, and there's this whole track coming out. And, and there's these law enforcement officers, 
And yes, there's a stop sign, but they're standing there going. And then somebody wants to stop. Where's the stop sign? It's like, he's saying go. Right? He's trying to give some direction. Sometimes you will find in life the Spirit of God is saying, okay, maybe it's okay to do that right now or, or in the past, but right now I need you to not do that. I need you to go here. I need you to take this up a notch. I need you to live your life in such a way that, that maybe, it's, maybe it's of a higher standard and reputation. and something. Yeah, I know it's, a, it's allowable, but I need you here. And there's some directive. Yeah, normally you would stop right there, but I'm saying, come on. Let's go. Spirit of God wants to be active in this. And then there's, there's this other aspect. You, you have a couple other words in this. One of them is the word judgment. You know, recently I just read an article this, this past week, you know, where... Um, uh, the Jerusalem Post, they were, they were having this, this discussion and this, this argument on whether or not a rabbi could just be replaced with an, an AI robot, artificial intelligent robot. Just get up there and read the scroll. A robot. Do the rabbi's job. Okay, we're going to do a bar mitzvah. Here's a robot comes down there and just reads the, the scroll, reads the blessing, you know, okay. Like, can a robot do that? And the rabbi said, it will be impossible at this point in time for a robot to have the intelligence to make good judgment over life situations that might not be common. Every, every situation in life sometimes is different. It may look different for different people. And to be able to be able to come, and there's a word that has to do with judgment that is final, but there's another word that is about what is called good judgment. Come on, common sense. I had, had um, my uh, niece, Rose, and her husband, Bobby, they're moving here, and I and, uh, was talking to Bobby about his job and some of what he's done and different things, and and. And he, he said, well, he said, a lot of it, he said, I troubleshoot. And he said, he said for me, it's really like kind of should be common sense. But he said, I realize other people don't get it. It's not as common. But there should be an aspect of common sense, good judgment that we have. Right? Come on, just because... The speed limit says 75. If an ice storm has happened, you're not driving, or you shouldn't be. Listen, West Texans. <laughs> that, that boundary that's there, can I cross that boundary? Well, yeah. When it says you can cross, right? What is that double stripe? But do you just cross that line without looking? No. You're waiting for it to be clear so that I can pass safely. And the timing of that, 
And it looks different. I'll never forget, man, I was in Ukraine years ago, you know, and, and we're in this, in this pretty hot rod, you know, souped-up car, you know, and we're flying. We're going from one place to another in the in country there and from one city to the other, and we're passing people like they're, like they're sitting still. Come on, when you get out of a car and you feel like you've been to the gym and your arms are noodles, <laughs> you know, it was a ride. And their timing, I mean, I'm looking at cars coming, and I'm like, we ain't going to make it. We're done. I'm done. See you, Jesus. <laughs> He's like, Woo -woo. But there's a boundary. There's a moment to be able to pass, but you still got to have some good judgment. What does that look like? See, these are things that for us, we've got to bring it down into Christian, into our, into our Christ walk and be able to, to follow after him in such a way that we're looking at these different aspects. And so, because now the word comes alive, his voice comes alive, and we recognize that he gives us certain things that we're going to take charge and watch over, protect, that he wants us to watch over that is what he counts as precious, what he counts as dear. That's why it just blows my mind that that you can have the kind of things going on with, with human trafficking, with fentanyl and all the other kinds of things that we're faced with. And it's like government just turns a blind eye to it. I promise you, it's not pleasing to God. And then you got them that want to fight and stand up and somehow discount the, the movie? Well, some of it were those that were involved that they didn't like. Found out the CEO, you know, is, is owner of Goa, all the Mexican food. Come on, Latinos. That ought to... Come on, I have some of them. Where's my comadre? She's right there. She's she getting your business. <laughs> Come on. There's some things that we got to rise up. We got to say, that's not right. And God says it's not right, and we're willing to fight for it. Get your voice back. Come on, the craziness that's going on in our world, and they want to make it out to be somehow acceptable somehow that this is okay there's school districts that are putting kitty litter boxes in bathrooms because kids are into this Furby stuff and think they're an animal dressing up in animal suits and gathering up and having little orgies you know with the animal suits on Folks, that is not normal. It's okay. It is not normal. Some of you want to clap. Some of you want to go, is it okay to say that? Is it okay to stand against that? Yes. Yes. That's crazy. How's that sanitary even? Got a kitty litter box in a bathroom because they're going to poop in it? And there's school districts that are doing it. 
in Texas. And they wonder why in public, traditional public schools, why there's a mass exodus and more and more people are homeschooling and private schooling. And some of them are coming to charter schools. We're growing. We've got, we've got huge enrollment this year. Because parents are waking up and they want something different for their kids. They want to get away from the insanity. These are true. These are worth us standing up and fighting for. These are worth us being able to have a voice that speaks it. We might offend some. It might not be nice. Come on, Jesus. If you say you're a Christ follower, look at Jesus. When he needed to confront some things that were not right, he confronted them. He wasn't some wimpy. I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> no, he kicked butt and took names. There were things that he was willing to go after. And we got to be willing to do the same. Listen, stop worrying about, well, politically it'll put me over there, or politically I, I might be able. Listen, get rid of that. Just go after God and what does the word say? And do what is right and let it bring things back. If stuff starts creeping into some school boards and some school, traditional school, some of you need to run for election. Get on there and make a difference. If there's stuff happening, listen, that's why I, I'm telling you, I, I, was, I, I, I normally don't listen to stuff, but like our CMN, we, we, for the last couple of years, we've been at Creates Church in Dallas. Ryan Binkley is the pastor. And Ryan Binkley incredibly um, felt like God spoke to him to, to actually put his name in the hat to run for president. And he's a pastor in Dallas slash businessman, comes from an incredible family. John Binkley was very personal friends. I don't know if Raymond's here this morning, but Raymond Mesa and, and just the, the man. And Ryan, I listened to him line up all the different speakers that were lined up. And Ryan is up there talking as freely as freely could be about God. About this is what the Word says. This is the Lord. This is like, yes. Come on. We need more of that. You know what? You sign up. You know, he, he needs 40,000. Somebody would give a dollar to his website. He needs 40,000 people to sign up so that he can get on the big stage for a debate. And I'm telling you. He'll kick their butt. <laughs> he's a finance, economic guru. I mean, he's a pastor, has a heart for people. He is part of the men's movement that we're a part of. Come on. We, we need some more Christians to stand up. Step up. Know that God will validate you. And the blessings of God will come upon your life when you start aligning yourself to what he says. Well, what if the world doesn't like it? Sorry. Somebody's got to be sane. Somebody's got to be righteous. Somebody's got to live under the blessing of God to where others go, wow, look at that. I want some of that.
I hear too many stories of just being the dysfunction. And listen, it comes when you're not aligned to what God says. It just happens. It comes with it. The devil sees to it. See, he, he wants to bait you and make you think that if he can allure you over here into this alternative lifestyle and all this other stuff and going down that path, but he's the same devil that's going to put you in bondage. He's going to condemn you. He's going to enslave you to those things. God wants you to be free. To be free, to use your freedom to serve him and serve others. And in serving others, yes, it is the love of God. But love wants what's best for someone and doesn't want to bring harm. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. We're going to worship Him this morning. I, I, uh, I know that we're going to have some of our team up here to, um, to pray for you here in just a bit. But in this moment, some of you need to say, Jesus, be Lord of my life. Be Lord of my life. And as we enter into this song, some of you, maybe your life has drifted off. Maybe you've cowered back. Maybe you've lost your voice. This morning, I'm telling you, God's wanting you to rise up. To be bold. To take a stand. You don't have to be mean-spirited. That guy that, that, that came through our line, it was just mean-spirited the way, the way he communicated, the way he was going. I, I was like, and, I'm, and I thank God that I did not react in my flesh. I could have gave him a taste of the five-fold ministry. <laughs> but I didn't. <laughs> and I just said, really? Are you serious? And I, and I could just tell. Maybe, maybe it just impacted And he just kind of sheepishly wandered off. I pray that something changes. Sometimes guys like that, they're like the Apostle Paul. They think they're doing God's business. Maybe he's watching right now. We love you, and the Holy Spirit is coming after you. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's attracted to come show up over there. Come eat another hamburger. <laughs> Man, let's enter in. Let's worship him this morning. And let's set our hearts to be right. Let's go out into the world in which we live. Your sphere of influence. You'll go places, see people, talk to people that Walt Landers may never come in contact with. But you are the Jesus that they are looking for if you stand in that right place. Amen. Let God be God in your life.